ahead and turn over to Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to be spending our entire time in the text tonight in Luke chapter 10. I hope when you watch that, um, it took you back to a place. Um, raise your hand if you had somebody in your life that pushed you in that way. Maybe a coach, teacher, parent. <laughs> i got a whole row of boys back there saying somebody's pushed them. We've got some slave driving coaches in y'all's age group, I guess. It seems a little intense as you watch that. Now, I know some, probably all of you didn't get to see that, but most of you did. Um, I, I watched that last night. I was thinking about all week what to say. You know, it was hard. It's a hard lesson um, for a couple different reasons. But, it, I mean, it's hard. You know, I talked to Nicole. I said, what do you say? You know, I've thought all week about what to, what to talk about. You know, I, talk, I, I thought about, you know, talking about this big game that's going on tonight and being prepared for it. You know, there's a game going on, right? The Super Bowl. All right? All week. We've heard about the amount of air that should go in the ball, Right? All week. I'm tired of hearing it. All right, let's just play football. That's what we want to see. You know, that was another thing. Uh, deflate gate. That's been all week, right? The next thing, a lot of you, if you've watched the interviews, I thought about talking about Marshawn Lynch. He's the running back for the Seahawks. He had an interview this week. He's been fined a few times for what he, for not being there or what he didn't say. He just doesn't uh, go with the status quo, and most times he's just sort of there. If you watched the interview this week, it was really funny. 29 times he said, I'm here so I won't get fined. Okay? How many of y'all saw that? You've seen it, right? I'm here so I won't get fined. When's my time start? That's what he said, right? And I thought about how awesome of a lesson would that be just talking about being at church, you know, but just being here and not being active and not being what Howard talked about did a great job this morning, being energized, being excited. You know, there's a difference. And I started thinking, I said, well, I mean, I've heard lessons like that. We don't have a choir, but if we did, you'd be in it. You're here on Sunday. We just ate, right? Church, eat church. We're hanging out. Some of you set up tables. Some of you prepared food. I mean, you're, the, you're the center of our church. I mean, how, what, what do you t- tell people who have heard it all? Uh, I don't know that I'm uh, adequate enough. Actually, I know I'm not to preach that sermon, but I want to try tonight to just talk about a text and what it means to me. And something that I think that we can all get from it. And it's funny, when Howard started talking this morning, he started kind of moving on to what I was saying, and we didn't communicate this week. I was like, oh, great. We're going to talk about the same thing. But he did a great job. I'm not going to try to talk about what he talks about. But maybe in the same way uh, as we talk tonight. Tonight's lesson is, is on the why. I think so many times we forget it. We forget why. Why are we here? Why do we love? Why do we serve? Why do we go to church? Why do we have our families here? Can you forget it? Can you forget it at your job? Can you forget it in your marriage? Can you just forget it? Like, why are we here? Do we, do we, do we think about that enough? I know I don't. So I started just writing down some thoughts this week of maybe something that just I need to hear. But I think it's something that we all need to hear. But in particular, for, for me, it's easy just to... I work at church. I'm always at church. It's so easy for church just to become something that you do, some place you go to, and you forget that we're, we're the church. Right? Whether two or more are gathered, we're the church. We're the church when we go out in Mexican on, on Sunday nights. The church is there. The church is there when you, when, just you and your wife, when you pray. You're the church. We're the church. What do we need to hear? And I think one just resoundingly in my mind, it keeps coming up. Why do you do it? And I just want to try to remind us today the why. Because I think you can forget it. I know there was a band called The Who. Today it's the why. Okay? Why do we do it? 
You ever ask yourself that? Howard did a great job of talking about this in the same arena of what I'm talking about. You know, why are we here? I look back today and I went back during service and um, the church is a beautiful thing, right? It's, it's awesome that we can come together. We're not going to have you stand up and tell us your age, but from every different age bracket, we were setting up chairs a while ago and Corbin was helping. Corbin, I'm giving you a shout out up here. You, yep, he's got his hand raised. He was helping. We had some people that were a little older than Corbin. I'm not going to say any names, but they were helping. And I was thinking about that this is beautiful, that, that we're all working together. What other place do those many different people, different types of people work together? Um, the why. Why are you here? Why, you know, what, why, does it, why is it important? I think one of the biggest lies and the biggest foothold that the devil has on us is just telling us that our life's not important, that it doesn't matter how you live. I mean, he, t- he sells you that lie just like he sells it to me. It doesn't matter how you live as a young person. It doesn't matter if you're faithful. It doesn't matter if you're pure. It doesn't matter if, you know, if your family's at church. It doesn't matter. And he, he gives us all that lie of just your life, your influence. It doesn't mean anything. Don't believe that. Because it does. But if you don't step back a little bit and say, well, you know, what are we doing? Why are we here? And you see that a lot of times. Howard talked about a, a team. You know, these two teams that are playing tonight, Gail, I'm going to talk about your Patriots. Don't get mad at me, okay? If the Patriots win, you better stay away from Gail because she's going to be so excited for like a month, okay? But teams go through that, right? Just like Howard said, hey, churches go through that. Families go through that. Individuals go through that. But if you don't step back and say, you know, why, why are we here? What are we here for? Ask some of those important questions. So tonight, it's, it's the why. I want you to think about it just for your own self. You know, what, you know why am I here? Why, what, what are we here for? What are we here to do? You know, are we here to... This has been an incredible year for us and having Lindley. It's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm already pretty emotional. I'm way more emotional now just because of this little girl. But uh, am I here just to have a few children, you know, be good and then leave? No, that's not it. Am I, you know, are we here to make money? I hope not. That's not what I'm working on. You know, what are we here for? Why are we here, people? Do we need to? Can we talk about that for a minute? You know, why? What What's so important in this life? I want to get into some of this uh, tonight. I want to I want to take you to that text in Luke chapter ten. I think Jesus answers for us the why in this situation because Howard talked about it this morning. You can have the what. You can do everything right, and you can be missing it because you you forget why you're doing it. Right? Just a reminder. Turn to that text in Luke chapter 10. Jesus is trapped here in this text. They think they have Him, and He's a mastermind of getting out of these. Um, pick up in verse 25. Behold, a lawyer stood up, stood up and put into the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and with all... And you love your neighbor as yourself. Now you watch that video and you got to see that boy. If you, I know you couldn't hear it that good, but he said, I think I can go to the 30-yard line. Right? And if he's not on my back, I can go to the 50-yard line. And he said, I'm going to blindfold you and see you how far you can go. And I, we'll, we'll get back to that video, but I mean, that, that's, what that, that's what that looks like in our mind in a physical way. Spiritually, it's a little bit different, but I think so many times, it, athletically, you see it. In this world, you see it. It's so easy just to be lackadaisical and just kind of out of it and just sort of going through the motions. Right? I spoke just about that this morning. Right? Let's pick up reading. 
And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, but he desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is, who is my neighbor? So he's got him in this pinch point right here where he's saying, Now you tell me, buddy, who, who is my neighbor? And then he goes on to tell this beautiful story of who your neighbor is. And you guys know it. You've heard it. Like I said, what do you say to people who've heard all this? You've heard all this, but, but listen to this. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him, beat him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan... Right? But a Samaritan, the person you're supposed to hate, the half-bred Jew, but a Samaritan as he journeyed came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on him oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and then, came, and then gave to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. And then he goes on to say, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And here's what I'm trying to say with this text. Okay, you've got a priest and a Levite. You want to get into what a Levite is? Open Leviticus and all they talk about is just being clean, right? Looking clean, doing things the right way, right? There's no doubt that this Levite was clean. Alright, he was probably going through the motions. He had to be. Because, and I think we can do that same thing. You know, you can get just kind of rolling in your life and doing your thing and you just, you quit, you quit having eyes like Jesus and you quit looking for the lost. Okay? So that's the Levite. Then you've got a priest. You know, think about a preacher. You know, think about someone who was, who was, who was set aside to be holy, set aside to preach the gospel, to be clean, just like that Levite. That Levite, he didn't get it. And I think he, both of those men needed to be asked, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, if your heart's not in it, if your love's not in it, if you don't look at somebody and have compassion, what are you doing? Are you missing it? I've got to ask myself that. It's so easy. And you may have done this before, but we have done church for so long. And I know some of y'all are a few years older than me. But I've done, to me, I'm 30 years old this year. I've played church for so long, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying I've done the whole church thing for a long time, and that's great. If, if, if a single mom wouldn't have gotten the why in this story, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking to those young people. And that's what, I, that's what I'm telling you when, it's, when the devil says your life doesn't matter. Don't listen to it because it does. It mattered to her. It mattered to me. I've got these kids that listen to me and I'm just thinking if not for this church, if not for my mom, if not for some of you, I wouldn't be here. Every one of us is here today because somebody invested in us, loved in us, and somebody understood this whole why question. Why are we here? What are we doing? So it, for us to forget it means we've lost something, right? So you've got a priest, you've got a Levite, they're not getting it. And then you've got this Samaritan that sees a need and he feels it. And I think he just asked the right questions and that he was busy doing the will of God. And I think we need to be doing that. You know, why are we here? Why are we here on this earth? Um, I'm going to keep saying that and you're going to be like, all Dustin talked about was why. I hope that's what you remember because we, that's what I want you to get. Why? Why, guys? He got it. This Samaritan got it. And he figured it out and he made a difference. And we're still talking about it today. And Jesus was in a tough situation there. And He said, alright, here's a story. I want to tell you who your neighbor is. So that person that you dislike, that person that maybe you're supposed to hate, that's who your neighbor is. And I think when we get that, 
and God's in our heart and in our life and we understand this whole why question, what cannot happen? I mean, the, the, the possibility, the potential is endless as we look at that today. What do you say to people who have heard it all before? Me and Nicole went to eat last night and on the way I started thinking about that lie that Satan tells us all. And I don't want you to listen to that and I've said that a few times, but I started thinking about five things that Satan loves about Christians and about the church. Listen to these things as we put it in this context. The first thing that I see and the first thing that I think he wants me to do, it says that five things that Satan loves. Men who don't lead their family spiritually. I think that's one of the most important things, that men step up and that they lead and they're the spiritual leader in their household. I know for a fact he doesn't want me to do that. It's a struggle. Number two, how we talked about it, but complacent Christians. Christians who are just going through the motions and kind of here. That's what I was getting at earlier. Like, we've done church. Sometimes we'll start singing a song and it's just like, I've heard victory in Jesus my whole life, but if I'm singing it like it's not real, is it real? You know, our whole life. If we're just going, if we're just here, we're missing it. Okay? And there's something about being here that's important, right? Because if you get it, you're going to be here, but you can't just be here, right? That's where the complacency comes in. I found this this week. Uh, Hall of Famer, awesome, incredible baseball player Joe DiMaggio was talking one time. And I heard this in an interview, and they were talking about the Pro Bowl, our NFL players, the ones that don't get to play in this big game tonight. They pick all the best players, they go play. And a lot of times it's kind of a joke. It's not competitive. They're not trying to get hurt. They're just there. Um... Most of you don't even know. They go to Hawaii. A lot of people don't even watch the game. But he said, you know what? One of the coaches was trying to tell his players, like, you need to give it all that you have, just like that young man did with that boy on his back. All that you have. The same that Jesus said in this text. It would be so easier if he said, you know, just kind of be here, float around, and just sort of act good. He didn't say that. You know, it would be easier if he did. Man, it would be easier on all of us. He says, I want everything that you have. I want your heart, your, your life, your soul. Give it to me. I want it all. You know, and he deserves that, right? But in this context with Joe DiMaggio, he, uh, and, uh, and they had an interview with him and asked him a question. He said, why, you know, why do you always play so hard? And he said, he said this. I thought it was neat. He said, because there's always some kid who may be seeing me for the first time, and I owe him my best. This was later on in his career when he wasn't as athletic as he was before. But, he, you know, I started thinking about that. Isn't that where we're at? There's somebody that's always watching us, and we owe it to them. We owe it to them to get this why. We owe it to them to, to be able to show Christ in our life and the things that we do. I believe that. So, number one, men who don't lead. Number two, complacent Christians. Number, number three, um, the devil wants Christians to be too busy to do any good. Right? Our lives are so jam-packed with stuff that I think they're too busy for us to serve and too busy for us to love, and too busy for us to care. And I think Satan just loves where we're at, right? Stay busy. Keep your mind on other things, and don't focus on that person that works with you that doesn't know Jesus and needs, to, needs, needs God to be in their life, right? So it's so hard that me and Nicole were talking last night. It's hard to, to have family devotionals, right? But that's something that, that I would like for Lindley when she grows up to do, right? But not unless I'm intentional about that is that going to happen because we're so busy. Our lives are jam-packed with stuff. Is it just something else? Well, if you don't understand the why of why we're doing it, yeah, it's just another activity. But when you get the why, it's like, 
man, I have an opportunity. You know, all this week, we all have an opportunity to just bless somebody spiritually, to pray for them. I talked to somebody before I started speaking tonight just about a need that's going on in a family. God is big and God is good and He needs His people to stand up and be mighty and understand that's what we're talking about. Don't get too busy for God. The fourth one is Christians who act the part but they're not real. The fifth one... Christ loves the church and Christians sometimes because we're so divided, right? We are divided. We're divided on this game tonight. Me and Gail are going to watch it and she's going to be hooping and hollering in that Boston accent, you know. And when we leave, right, we have different interests. We all do. If you want to talk about what divides us, we can put a list up here and all of us can come write it. There's a million things that can separate us as Christians, right? You like to do this and you like to do this. You have this car. I go eat here and we're just divided. If you don't think about the why and you don't think about Jesus Christ with His own blood purchased this church so that we can be a part of it and we can love other people and we can bring other people to it, that's what it's about. That's what it's all about. Division. devil wants us to be divided. Don't be a part of that. I say this tonight, and I know I've made a roundabout ways talking about the same thing, but I just feel like it's so easy to get in a hole where you're not thinking about the big picture, what's really going on. And I want, to ch- I want to challenge you to do this. The Levite didn't get it, the priest didn't get it, and some of the most unlikely characters in the Bible, they got it. We, we talked about Rahab this morning. Why would God use a prostitute to help His people? Why would, God, why would God pick Paul to help His people? You can't have an excuse to say, I'm too bad for God, or I've done this, God won't forgive me. That's an awful excuse because you're not reading His Word because everybody is worth something to God. And the question is, why are we here? Right? Why do we do this whole church thing? If we, if we, you can do everything right and not get the heart, the love, the why, and you can miss it. And I'm not saying the other's not important because you know that's not what I'm saying. But we've got to have our heart in it. It's got to be the love that Howard talks about, the energy to thrust that. Um... I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that anybody would stay to hear me, especially through this church, eat church. But this week, think about that question. Pray about that question. You know, why, why are you here? Think about maybe who, you know, that God's Word in James is kind of scary because it says, if, if you know there's good that you should do and you don't do it, it's a sin. That's a scary passage to me because I know so many good things I should be doing. You know so many good things you should be doing. Why don't we start doing them? What would the church be like if we started doing those things instead of thinking about them? When you get the why, you start doing those things. Um, I was just challenged by this text. Pick up Luke chapter 10 and read what Jesus is trying to tell us in that place. But I want you to think about uh, the game tonight, right? There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. There's going to be some commercials. You're going to be with your family, and that's great. There's going to come a day where none of that matters. doesn't matter who wins. doesn't matter who loses. Doesn't matter who had a ticket, an overpriced ticket at that. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is your relationship with God, your Creator, and that's it. Simple. Maybe you're here today, you've heard a great message. Maybe you've been challenged by His Word that works on all of our hearts. I just hope that you take this and think about it. I, I forget it, you forget it, but it's just great to be reminded of God's love and why are we here. And I want you this week to do something with it. The devil, I, t- I said the devil loves these things, but what he hates is the opposite. Families that pray together. Right? Families that bring their kids to church. People who are retired who are like, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to do this for God. Right? 
Single moms who bring their kids to church, right? People who have so many struggles in their life where they maybe shouldn't even be here, but they're here because they want to serve God. I love hearing that from older women when you go visit. They say, I miss church so bad. And I'm saying that heart right there is what we need. That feeling of I cannot stand to miss church because that's, that's their life, right? Let's center our life around God and His Word and go out and do something big this week. Maybe you're here tonight and you want to make some changes. You want to become a Christian. Whatever your need may be, why don't you come as we stand and sing together? What a fellowship.